Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. With me today is Mr. Paul Eastwood. Hey, how's it going, Paul? I am good. So we're a little bit later this week. We are. It has been a busy week around here. We're really excited about uh, Christmas stuff. We've got Jingle Jam set up happening now. Chaos of Christmas is coming. Uh, There's just been a lot of things going on, all of them good. But uh, we are glad to be here. And this is our last podcast around this last series, which we just finished. Right. um, Talking about uh, joy and and about what that looks like. Um, Do you want to give us a little recap from Sunday? Yeah, and so we uh, were finishing up the book of Philippians. We've been studying through there, talking about this idea of joy and contentment. And uh, and so this last week, we sort of summed it all up in chapter four of Philippians that, you know, reminds us about um, how we can hold on to or maintain our contentment um, even when things are swirling around us. Mm. And, um, you know, in, in Philippians chapter four, uh, has the most underlined uh, book or, or verse in the Bible. Hmm. Um, it's something that perhaps uh, we actually the the uh, the people who put together the Bible app um, have given that that indication that this is the most underlined verse. Uh, talking about this idea of not being anxious about things, but in every situation by prayer and petition, present your request to God with thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. the peace of God tra- with transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. And there is a verse there that people love to go to, but I think what most what it points to most is the issue of anxiety in our culture today. Yeah. And I think that as we've gone through this series, one of the things that's really grabbed my heart is the response from people. Mm. There are a lot of people who are having a hard time finding contentment in their life. And, um, and so this is a very appropriate topic, something that people really want to talk about, explore more and dig into. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's two directions we can go now. And I think maybe we should touch a little bit on both. One, I think you're right. Anxiety is really a big issue. Um, I met someone new, newer to our church on Sunday who, who works as a, um, a counselor and sociologist and kind of said, yeah, the biggest issue we're seeing today in young people is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we hear about it all the time. And so I'd, I'd be curious, maybe some of your thoughts around why that is, but then mm-hmm. uh, neither of us are trained psychologists yes. or, you know, we're not medical professionals and we're not trying to be, they're no. really important. Um, but what does the Bible tell us as believers, as people? And I think all of us at some level, wrestle with times of anxiety, wrestle with difficult circumstances. So we're going to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, um, for sure. Do you have any any thoughts around this anxiety being a thing? I mean, it's the most underlined verse. Are there things that are causing us anxiety? Um, is this new? Are we just more aware of it now than we ever were? Yeah, again, as you've said, uh, you know, eloquently, like, we are not uh, doctors and I um, I don't pretend to uh, want, I don't want to go down any roads that mm. I don't really know about. Yeah. What I can do is point to scripture and what we know is that our hearts, um, there's a bit of a problem. <laughs> mm. You know, the Bible's pretty clear. And I think that what we need to recognize is that an unguarded heart is a bit of a ticking time bomb. Mm. If we're not careful about what we allow into our minds, into our thoughts, what if we're not careful about the way that we, you know, sort of uh, ruminate on ideas and allow them to kind of take over. Um, we we are on a a very uh, dangerous trajectory if we're mm. if we're not careful. And so and so I would say that what we can we can be clear of uh, from a biblical perspective is that um, not allowing our hearts to be guarded 
is troubling. Um, and in yeah. this passage, what he talks about is this idea of when we present, when we come to God with the things that are going on in our life, it says that this peace of God actually guards our hearts and our minds, which mm. means it it protects not only our feelings when it comes to our hearts, but also our thoughts and our ideas that, that come from our minds. And I think both of those things need to be protected. We need to be vigilant because there's a lot that's bombarding us. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're entering into the Christmas season and you, you and I both know that how much activity is just you know, just swirling around and there's so much activity that just bombards us over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. Um, But not just in a season, we are bombarded with messages on TV and social media and, and, you know, advertising and all kinds of things. And so I just reiterate, would reiterate an unguarded heart is, is essentially a ticking time bomb if we're not careful. Okay. Uh, That's, that's really good. Um, you, You talked on Sunday about celebration a little bit. Sure. Um, and, and how that is maybe part of guarding our hearts or, or, or building up the right kind of things against anxiety um, and, and aligning with what the Bible's telling us. Can you unpack that a little more? What does it look like to celebrate and what does that, what does that mean? Yeah, so I would say that, um, that, you know, joy is one of those things that needs to be refilled every once in a while, mm-hmm. right? Um, if we are going to display joy to the world, it's almost like, I mean, we need to keep taking our, our cars back to the gas station to fill up with gasoline again in order for them to perform. And I think for us, this idea of rejoicing or celebrating is a way that we can refill the joy that's in our lives. And, um, you know, for instance, if you come across a situation, there are lots of different ways that you can look at it. You know, if there's a financial situation or there's a, you know, whatever, we can focus in on those negative things and, and develop all kinds of anxiety and worry towards them. Or we can choose to celebrate where there's good things that we can celebrate. You know, what are we thankful for? We all have lots to be thankful for. You know, what, what are, you know, some, some of those um, practices uh, are actually ways of, of refilling our joy tank, as it were. And it allows us to kind of overflow into the, into the context that we find ourselves. It allows us to show joy to the people that are around us. Yeah. Uh, give, me, give me some more concrete examples there. What sure. is... What is um celebration look like in your life or what what kind of things would you like to establish or you've known people who have celebrated well and and done that yeah i would say that um one of the things that's that is is simple is a a heart of uh thankfulness so thankfulness is is the is the foundation to celebration um and so that means that maybe we need to be making a list maybe we need to be um, you know, kind of uh, writing these things down in places that we're going to see on a regular basis. It means making sure that we don't move on if we have a time of prayer, that we don't move on from thankfulness too quickly, that mm-hmm. we spend more time thinking about that. Um, you know, sometimes I've, I've thought about the way that I pray, you know, I'll say, you know, I thank God for my family. And then I move on to the next topic. It's like, okay, wait, why don't you just pause on that for a moment and say, what is it about your family that you're thankful for? Hmm. I'm thankful for the companionship. I'm thankful for uh, the peace at times. (laughs) I'm thankful for whatever, you know, (laughs) be specific. Um, So I think being very specific is is important. Um, The second thing I would do is that helps with celebration is talking about it often to other people. Hmm. Um, It is... A story that is sad and dramatic is much more interesting to listen to. Mm. Uh, but I think that we need to be storytellers of good news and good things, um, reminding ourselves of of what God has done. And, 
you know, I, I think that a, a, a habit of sharing with other people some of the really neat things that are happening in your life um, is another way to celebrate. So I would say talking about it, uh, heart of thankfulness, um, those are a couple of ways that you can really uh, refill your joy tank, as yeah. it were. And you mentioned within the heart of thankfulness, you talked about prayer and even writing stuff down. Having a prayer journal is great. Um, yep. I mean, we in our home, uh, as I expect you do in yours, we, we pray with our kids. Uh, and we encourage them to think about what you're thankful for. And if, mm-hmm. if they start saying the, seven, the same, you know, three or four things three weeks in a row, we kind of think, okay, what else do you have? What mm-hmm. intentional reminders? Um, mm-hmm. I know some people who have chalkboards or stickers or different things up on the wall with, with Bible verses like this, mm-hmm. this passage with other things, um, with reminders to be thankful, kind of these visual cues, even phone backgrounds, mm-hmm. just like, what are you thankful for right now? Every time you pick up your phone, before you turn it on, what are you thankful for? Mm-hmm. Um, there are these little habits that can help us, help us celebrate. And yeah. And I think, yeah. I think even taking some time out, um, putting a time on the calendar, you know, mm-hmm. like I think, you know, I think about my own situation. There's lots of pressures and things that are going on in our in our family lives. You know, saying that, you know what, like tonight, let's just put the phones away. Let's, you know, put the bills on the on the shelf. Let's not think about all the different things that are going on in our context specifically. Mm-hmm. And let's go and celebrate, um, you know, big picture. Just let's just let's just celebrate um, our family. Celebrate you know, some of the good things that God has given us. So there, 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 you can even actually put it on your calendar and set a, t- a side time to, to rejoice. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good. It's a good, good place for us to start. I think, um, there are a few people I know who would say, you know, I do tons of celebrating and I'm okay. I don't need any more. Yeah. I think we could all use another dose of this and a, and a reminder. Yeah. You, you talked a lot on Sunday about how God is in control. Yeah. Um, which is, again, it's it's unique to the, the Christian worldview. We don't believe that the world is random or just kind of set up and going and it happens to us or that we can control it particularly. Mm-hmm. We believe that God is in control. Um, what does it look like, again, to to practice that, to live into that well? Yeah. So I think that there's a good connection to celebration here because you may be listening to this podcast and thinking to yourself, I'm not in a place where I can celebrate right now. Like you don't Mm -hmm. know the news that I've just heard, or you don't know the appointments that I have in front of me, or you don't know the kind of the difficulty that I'm facing. And, and I think there are, there are moments where I think we need to refill our joy tank so that we can, but I think that we also need to recognize that we can't always be in a place of celebration Mm -hmm. because sometimes things are hard and it's tough. And in those moments, I think we have to rely on other things. And I think that we need one of the ways that we can do that is by recognizing God's sovereignty or his control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that that to me, the way that works itself out is not necessarily in this. OK, I'm going to sit back and do nothing and just, you know, I know that God's going to do, you know, whatever. And I'm just going to let him do it. And I'm just not going to be engaged in that. What I would say is that recognizing God's control it, it allows us to take our requests to him and our needs to him and ask for help yeah. and recognize that even though, even if we don't get an answer, it allows us to kind of lay it, lay some of our worries or our anxieties in front of somebody else. Mm. Um, someone who is um, in control, which I think to me is a, is extremely comforting. Mm. Um, you know, when we, <clears throat> excuse me, when we think about uh, our, I'm trying to think when we think about some of the situations, the very, the hard things that we're facing, I say it's an appointment, for instance, we could actually say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this appointment 
and I'm going to give it to God hmm. and I'm going to like, I'm just going to ask for help, but I'm going to take it out of my sphere and my thinking and lay it somewhere else. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. I think it's, I mean, the other thing here, um, the Bible is full of lots of times where people are lamenting uh, and, and it's, it's not complaining, but it's kind of this like really sincere and difficult lived experience of suffering in some way. Um, and the Bible often in the Psalms is kind of the big place, right? It, it starts with my enemies are crushing me. There, there's all kinds of things. Um, and at the end, it, it all, almost always has this turn back to like, yet I know God is here and you're taking care of me. Um, you know, this, this idea that God is still in control. Uh, so so we're, we're not saying that you need to have a denial of these human experiences or that we need to walk around fakely kind of celebrating all the time. Um, celebration can be a really helpful way to to move us away from anxiety at times and to protect us from anxiety. But there's times where, where hurt and sorrows are real. Um, and in those times, we we can look at the Bible and be reminded. We can come to church and be reminded of yeah. these truths that are outside of ourselves and outside of our lived experiences. And and that's okay. That's, God's actually got lots of room for that. Yeah. Um, and I and I think I think maybe one of the things, one of the ways to think about this is not just the fact, like, because control can start to get us into places where it's like, okay, but if he's in control and I'm still facing this, then what about this and what yeah. about this? I think maybe more precisely or more or more helpfully, the idea of of the nearness of God is really important. Hmm. And in this passage, it says, you know, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then he goes on to say, do not be anxious about anything. And so this idea of the Lord is near, and I kind of touched on that on Sunday, is foundationally important because it it actually gives us the... Um, there's a there's a confidence level that kind of rises. I know for me, like when when my kids were little, uh, they used to be really afraid of uh, thunderstorms or yep. you know, and so they would in the middle of the night, my daughter would would be you know if there if there was a storm and it was you know the lights were flashing and all this kind of stuff, she would come into our room and she was nervous and she couldn't sleep and all of these kinds of things. What solved the issue for her was my presence. Hmm. I went and sat in her room just sat on the floor looking at something or whatever, like looking at my iPad or something like that. And immediately, even in the storm with the flashes of lightning all around, she falls asleep. Hmm. And so to me, there's this idea of God's presence brings peace just by the fact he's near. What I know about the father, what I know about his goodness, what I know about his care, what I know about the person of Jesus, that all gives me confidence to know that just by him being near, I can take a deep breath. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you, you talked, uh, you had an analogy at the end um, of this this idea that we get these anxious thoughts and they kind of come into land. And, and while we recognize that God is in control, we also recognize that we have some control and some ability to, to filter and to, uh, you know, affect what we're dwelling on. Yeah. Can you unpack that a little more? Yeah, I I think this is this is probably at least in my experience been one of the most the most helpful practical ways to move people beyond some of the anxieties and frustrations they're feeling uh, towards a sense of peace, and that is about taking control of what's in our mind. And and there's a couple of things to that, but if if I want to use a different analogy. Um, you know, we have one movie that's playing in our minds and it's on a screen and mm -hmm. it's going yep. and there's not a, there's not room for multiple stories to be going at the same time. Hmm. 
oftentimes one story becomes the main story and we're playing that on the movie theater in our minds and we're allowing it to take control of the way that we're acting because we act according to what we think. And so I think what we need to do is recognize those times when what we're thinking about is either not true or not helpful. Mm-hmm. Because one of the easiest ways that we can get so discouraged and fall back is when we allow negative thoughts to begin to fester and to circulate and to change the way we're thinking. I'll give you an example that's external to ourselves. Sometimes when we see somebody do something in a, in a situation, we can imagine in our mind a motive behind it, or we can put some kind of a, you know, a sort of a moral kind of connection to it. And we say, look, that person's doing something wrong because they're a bad person. And mm-hmm. here's what they think about me. And here's what's yep. really going on. And this is what's happening. Until you actually have the conversation with that person, that story can dominate your thinking to yeah. the point where it changes everything. The next mm. time you see that person, how are you going to act? You're going to be like, you know. Yeah, you're going to act like yeah. they've done the thing that you've decided exactly. in your head. They've done, yeah. And so, you, and so you treat them poorly. And then they walk away from that encounter thinking, what, what is going on here? Hmm. Like, what's happening? And I think that same thing happens in our own context when we start thinking about our own situation in a very particular way. And, and what ends up happening is we create these stories, we start playing them in that movie theater in our mind, nothing else has space, and we start going down paths that are going to be destructive, yep. places that are going to pull us into the ditch. Yep. So one thing I would say is an application. So how do I get out of that way of thinking? I would say is you need to talk to somebody. Hmm. You need to say, hey, here's the story I'm telling myself in my mind. Is this true? Hmm. Um, you know, like uh, something happened you know, to, I remember years ago being uh, in a, in a situation where um, I was being asked to do something and then all of a sudden there was something that happened and I was not asked to do it anymore. And so in my mind, I was starting to have all kinds of stories that were leading to actually, this is who I am. And I, you know, I've got these things that are going on and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, just pause for a sec. Let me ask somebody, is this actually true? Hmm. (laughs) Like, this is what I'm thinking. And then someone was able to say to me, no, nah, that's no. not true. Something else was happening. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's that's really good. And again, we're not uh, we're not professionals. We're not saying, hey, you know, if you've got significant problems with these things, don't go see a professional. You should. You you just said go talk yeah. to someone. Sometimes and often, um, there are people who who better understand this. And there's other things going on, um, and and it really does help. And we. Again, we are glad to point people to what God says in the Bible, and that's really important. We're yeah. not mental health professionals, nor no. do we pretend to be, nor do we think we should be. Yeah. Um, but there, there is something really significant here. Yeah, we, we need to, all of us, no matter, we all need to take control of what we allow to land in our minds when mm-hmm. it comes to a, an idea or a thought. Um, it, is, it is your decision whether you're going to dwell on that, yeah. what you've just heard, or whether you're going to do some fact-finding to figure it out. Or if you're going to change the story, Hmm. tell a new story in your mind. Yeah, that's really good. Do you have any closing thoughts for us, Paul? And uh, if you can hear these noises in the background, we are very close to Jingle Jam and they're having fun with cowbells. So you should probably be there on Saturday. Which is absolutely awesome. I can't wait for that. Yeah, you know, I would just say that um, when when we recognize that God is near, when we recognize that God hears us, when we recognize that God guards us, like guards our thoughts and our minds, there is a peace that comes over us. Hmm. And uh, I'm not saying that it's going to be all the time and you're never going to have another anxious thought. It's part of being human that these kinds of things come into our our, our minds. 
but pursuing peace is takes intentionality. It mm-hmm. takes us actually taking steps. And so I would just encourage you that if you're in a place where you're just feeling this anxiousness rising in you, I would remind you again that you can ask God for help, um, that you can concentrate or meditate on the good things, not emptying your mind in those moments, but filling your mind with the good things that God's doing, that we celebrate often, and then we actually live it out. And, and, you know, in some ways we talk about this idea of like action leads to changing the way that we think sometimes, even Mm -hmm. though the opposite is more, more likely true. Yeah. But I mean, peace is worth pursuing. Yeah. That's what I would say. Fantastic. And as we're entering this season of Advent, um, we often talk about the Prince of Peace and, uh, and this is what we're talking about. Jesus came, um, that we might, might be able to live in peace. And there are just all these hints and helpful directions here. So, um, as always, we'd love to keep this conversation going. If you've got questions, things that we didn't get at, you want to hear more, um, send us an email, leave us a, a message on our social medias. Um, we would love to be in touch. And we will talk to you next week with some more postscript. Sounds great.